Welcome into A to Z Sports powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over uh, social media. We go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, hopefully Twitter again at some point, even though we're just hating on Twitter. But uh, also hit us up on Instagram and TikTok. I got to thank our sponsors because they make everything happen for our show. Uh, and they help out you guys, Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, uh, where a 15-minute workout equals over five hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is free. Wilson County Hyundai, go check them out and make them a part of your car buying process by going to wilsoncountyhyundai.com. And the Bone & Joint Institute, we were there yesterday, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. So yesterday, Mike Vra- one of Mike Vrabel's many quotes uh, when it came to his Monday press conference after getting embarrassed by the Texans at Nissan Stadium on Sunday was, oh, got to find a way to beat the Patriots. <laughs> so, Zach, do you feel like the Titans are approaching any type of panic level or is it too much to, to panic off of one embarrassing game? Well, one embarrassing game against the worst team in the AFC does make you look at the panic button, okay? It makes you look at it. I don't know if it makes you press it, but you got the hottest, one of the hottest teams in football on the horizon in New England, a former foe that likes beating his disciples, right? Like, I mean, you have that coming up. And then I'll be curious because I do not know what your take for today's show is on why this team is the way that it is right now. Mm. But I don't think that they're pressing the panic button because of the lead that they built, the work that they've already put in. Uh, I do think it's concerning. I think that they look on the other side of New England and see the bye week. They see getting healthy with A.J. Brown and possibly Julio Jones. They did get a little bit of good news yesterday with the negative test results on AJ Brown's ribs. I don't know how long it's gonna. Yeah, that doesn't mean he's gonna play on Sunday, right? It's just yeah, it it doesn't. But it it, but it avoids like Bud Dupree and and Julio Jones out for the season talk, right? And that's what you want to avoid. So those guys are still in the mix. Uh, I don't think they're pushing the button yet. But if they drop two straight, they have the bye week. Now you start to look at. Indianapolis. Now, Indianapolis has a tall task because they've got Tampa, who just kicked the Giants' ass last night, uh, coming up this week at home. And so uh, the Titans are still in the quote unquote driver's seat, but they got to put their foot on the gas, right? Yeah. Like they, they fell asleep at the wheel on Sunday when it was raining and their, their windshield wipers weren't working. So uh, not panic yet, but. Damn it, it's getting close. Yeah, and so uh, Jeff on YouTube says, it's really too soon to be panicking, but man, the rest of the season looks rough. Bobby says they had one embarrassing loss where they had an avalanche of turnovers. I like I like how Bobby put that. An avalanche of turnovers, because that's what it felt like. He said, I'm pretty sure they aren't panicking yet. Uh, Jarrell says, man, I gave the Titans a chance like two weeks ago, but that was uh, but that was crushed the last two weeks, that, that chance of beating the Patriots. And Dom says, it's crazy. The Titans went from the hottest team to taking two quick L's. And that's assuming that the Titans will lose to the Patriots. You never know. The Titans just, with an undermanned roster, just went on that six-game winning streak and beat a lot of really good teams there. Well, I just saw on Twitter, just as as we're talking about this, Doug Clawson on Twitter tweeted this out. And he was comparing Belichick and Brady from last night. But 
Here's some interesting stats on Belichick's Patriots right now. They have the number one scoring defense. They have the best score differential in the NFL. And they have the longest active win streak at five because the Titans just lost. So you talk about a hot team that Bill Belichick wins and usually has success with good defense first and then everything else plays into in, in, and kind of comes into to play. So uh, they've got their, their hands full this week uh, in New England, a tough place to play uh, even there. Yeah, you talk about stats, the Patriots' average victory is 25 points a game at this point uh, over the last stretch well, that they've been on their heater. And I double down. If you do the same, cra- same crap that you did on Sunday against the Texans, that score is going to be 45 to 7 or 45 to 13. Like, that's just what it's going to be. You're not going to have a puncher's chance in the fourth quarter because Tannehill's had a bad game, but the Texans are three and out, three and out, three and out in the second right. half because the right. Patriots aren't going to do that. Yeah, and then you see uh, Chris saying the Pats game is the type of game that Vrabel wins. And then Bobby says Vrabel historically loses to rookie quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence is his only win against a rookie, which is true. So let's get to other stats because I've got stats on stats today, and it's about the Titans' biggest problem. And the Titans' biggest problem for the season isn't the injuries. The injuries are unprecedented. The injuries are absolutely a problem, no doubt about it. But even when this team was healthier than it is right now, Todd Downing has been the Titans' biggest issue the entire season. Todd Downing has not been good, really, for the majority of the season. He's had his moments, right? He got got a great game against the Chiefs, a great game against the Jags, a great game in a great several series, right? But Todd Downing has been inconsistent and bad consistently for this season. So I've got a lot of stats here. I'm going to start with a stat that I created of my own that was about the Titans not being able to score on their opening possession. Because, Zach, we talked about in our pregame show before the Texans game, with the weather looming, Titans need to score early. Texans have a bad defense. Go get some points. They didn't. So here are the Titans' stats on their 11 opening drives this season. The Titans have only 10 points. They kicked the field goal and stalled out the red zone at the Jets, and they scored a touchdown on the opening drive against the Chiefs. They have seven punts on their 11 opening drives. Four of those are three and outs, and three of the three and outs were for zero or negative yards. And then they also have two interceptions on their opening drive at Indianapolis and then also at the L.A. Rams where they got a first down, then Tannehill threw a pick to Jalen Ramsey. So obviously, and I wrap up the tweet by saying, the plan to open the game isn't working. It's not working, and it hasn't gotten any better. If you think about the last uh, the last four games, right, at Indy, at L.A., interception, interception on the opening drive, and then punts against the Saints and the Texans. Now, the Saints and the Rams have a good defense. The Colts have a good defense, but the Texans have a bad defense, and we're unable to get uh, anything going on the opening drive when it comes to getting on the scoreboard, and that allowed the Texans to hang around and get to get a lead. And so Todd Downing has not been good. And it also comes back to, and I thought more about this yesterday when we were at answering the question of what's the reason for Ryan Tannehill's poor play and interceptions this season? It's because he's been, I, I think, in my opinion, he looks uncomfortable. Tannehill does. 
I think there's a disconnect. There's something going on between Todd Downing and Ryan Tannehill and the offensive scheme where there's no rhythm. They've lost the rhythm that they have with Arthur Smith over the last two years. And it's week 11. And I know there's been a rotating door of skill players because of injuries. But at some point, it's the big cat gif. Figure it out. Figure it out. It's week 12 now. Get something going. Because having only 10 points, two scoring drives on your opening possession in this season is completely unacceptable. Well, it sets the tone, right, for the game and the offense, right? Whether it's your first possession and you're down three or seven, nothing, or you get the the, the kickoff and you're trying to set the tone of the game because it does, it does impact your defense. It does give them confidence if you can go down there and get points and try to at least take control of the game right away. And those are 15 plays, right? I mean, we know that. that That's the script of the NFL. That's the script of football. The offensive coordinator usually, not always, but the majority of the time scripts the first, team, first, first 15. So the players know what they're running. The quarterback knows what they're running. Maybe there's some adaptation if something goes awry or somebody gets hurt. But overall, these scripts ain't cutting it. And you can tell based on results or lack thereof. So, yeah, uh, but one guy is in charge of the offense. You know, Vrabel's not going to come over there like he did last year in the defense and take over. He's not going to be calling plays, right? This is a, you can't rely on, you know, Jim Schwartz. He's on the defensive side of the football. You know, you can't call Dean Pease. He's doing other things in Atlanta. There's nobody to help you. I think that's the concerning part. This is, Todd Downing figuring it out or yeah. kind of bust, don't you think? Yeah, and so Mudgy says no play call works when someone up front whiffs every time. Now, I've got stats to to, to counter Mudgy's uh, comment about the offensive line, and several of you guys have mentioned the offensive line, Henry Hurt, that's the answer. Uh, so we're going to ask you guys this question, and I'll have, I have more Todd Downing stats. So don't, don't, uh, don't just think I'm done. I just haven't unloaded all my stats yet. Uh, that I have this morning prep for you guys. So here's the question. Super simple. What's the Titans' biggest issue? I think it's Todd Downing, but you guys can answer it. What's the Titans' biggest issue uh, overall this season? Very curious to see where you guys take it, but let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com. They're the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Simply go to RentersWarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for. There's so many different ways. You can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit, whether it's creating extra cash flow for you and your family, or it might be a long-term equity that helps you out when that retirement plan starts building and Rent Estate can help you get there with that extra cash. RentersWarehouse.com. They do all the work at RentersWarehouse.com. Don't forget about BetMGM. Man, I had one of my best betting nights last night in the NBA, and I put a ton of money on fire them cannons, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I want to uh, hundreds of dollars. Let's just say that because appreciate the uh, heads up on the uh, well, I, you you didn't ask. I, I ain't your bookie, bud. The, the, but the best part is you can go and do it as your heart's desire on BetMGM. And you, just like everybody else in the state of Tennessee, you can download the app and use the promo code ATOZ Sports. ATOZ Sports. Risk free bet up to $1,000 for new users. They are the king of the sports books. But one of the obvious reasons why I went on all in on Tampa last night, how bad the Giants are. And mm-hmm. we saw that. But. Mm-hmm. 
Tom Brady hadn't lost three straight games in like 15 plus years. It's a big spread though. Don't, yeah, well, uh, that spread, that spread got covered by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So download the app today. That's BetMGM. All right, so uh, again, we're asking the question, what's the biggest issue with the Titans right now? I, I, I think it's Todd Downing. I've, I've already showed my stat. I'll share it again. The Titans just have 10 points on their 11 game-opening drives this season. Field goal at the Jets, a touchdown versus Kansas City. They've punted seven times. They've gone three and out a bunch. They've lost yards, and they got two picks on their opening drives. That's it. That's that. That's the 11 opening drives so far this season. You know, And so we'll talk about the, the, uh, the offensive line here in a second, but – Zach, I'm going to go ahead and send you the comment section uh, and, and let you see what the people are saying of what is the biggest issue with the Titans overall. A couple of people agreeing with you. Daryl says Downing overused Henry for sure. It didn't play action, bootleg, or QB design run in that bad condition game against the Texans. 50 passes in the rain. It's Downing. So Daryl rings the bell for Downing. Danny says Downing may be some of it, but I think it's execution. We can't get all 11 on the field doing their job at the same time. Drops from wide receivers, missed blocks from everyone, cannot execute. Back it on up, Terry. Terry says right in position is tight end. Tight end. He says right, but yeah, he means but that's tight. definitely tight end. Yes. Yeah. He brings up Jonu Smith. Yeah. I, it's not my fault that he can't spell. I'm just but, saying. Uh, you back it up, better. Terry. Back it up. I, the one thing that I do agree with Terry is Johnny Smith in that tight end position. It has been abysmal since, you know, Ferk's Ferk dog has come in there. Michael Pruitt has given you a little sprinkle of some productivity and Swaim, even though he was out recently, he's given you some okay minutes, right? But that tight end is a shell of itself as a position as a whole. Billy says it has to be injuries. Delo says injuries which uh, causes you to depend on a mediocre quarterback. So D'Lo kind of calling and throwing some shade on Tannehill after that four-pick game. Downing has not found ways to get A.J. the ball from Brandon. Uh, Titus agrees with you, says it's Todd Downing. We were losing our balance. Didn't run the ball like we've been doing last game. Uh, Downing with the plays. So, I mean, there a lot of people doubling down. Roger says offensive scheme is terrible. So predictable. Henry bailed them out because he was a monster. Uh, he really sucks. Talking about <laughs> Todd Downing. Yuri says number one injury, number two downing. And Miko says personnel. So, yeah, so boiling I, I it think, down to players. Yeah. The, the injury, like the title of the show is the injuries are exposing the biggest issue that is Todd Downing. So I, I think, and I'll show more stats because I told you I had them. Uh, let's see which one do I want to bring up first. Let's go with the uh, the play action. Uh, that's the wrong one. The play action success or lack of success uh, for Todd Downing. So in 2020, the Titans ran play action 35 percent of the time. That EPA per attempt is expected points added per attempt. You see, 0.17. A dot is uh, is average depth of target, which is basically air yards that you're passing the ball. 9.7 air yards. Per target this year, play action pass plays are down seven percent. EPA expected points per attempt are down hundreds of, a, of a decimal points, and then a dot average uh, air yards per attempt is down almost an entire yard. So credit to two uh, two uh, no flags film for the the stats here, and then look at the bottom one. The bottom one's key because everybody who answered, oh you you can't. 
you know, be successful when your offensive line's whiffing. The average pressure percentage on play action passes are the same this year from a year ago. And so I think Todd Downing is not calling play action enough and they're not being as aggressive on play action as well. And like, and you go to the, the third stat I've got, uh, which is from F words pod. Look at the, look at what happened week 11, 9.6% play action. They called five play action passes on Sunday against the Texans and went two for five for 15 yards. Well, they're look down. At all, what? They're down. Right. They're, I, I know that. You, but, you can't fool a defense when you know you're not going to run the ball because you're playing from behind by multiple scores, Austin. So throw that out. I mean, know the game. Now you're stat reading in that case. Know I the mean, game. The, stat, the stats are the stat. And the three losses, they're... The stat they're, doesn't matter because if you knew the game, they were down by multiple scores. Play action is not going to work. I, Come on. I, I, so, I know uh, the I, you had two good slides. That slide, I thought well, it's just a part of the story. I'm not saying I, I think the, I think the third slide is the third is or the least important of the slides. But again, like I, I do think I do think Todd Downing not doing what Ryan Ryan Tannehill is most comfortable with is an issue. The Titans are not as successful in play action, and they're not doing it as much as they were a year ago, which is what made them so explosive. And it's not just a Derrick Henry thing. You know, even with Derrick Henry, the play action was not as prevalent as it has been with Arthur Smith. All right, so let's break down this simply. You say Todd Downing is the biggest issue for the Titans. Uh, I don't think you can ignore the injuries, right? I don't think no, anybody and I'm is. Not, and I'm not. I don't I'm think anybody is. Yeah. I, I think the chat recognizes that. I think you do. I believe I do, as I'm stating this right now. They are beat up. And when you're hurt, no one cares. I tell you that in life a lot. If you listen to the show, no one cares. Do your job. That, that's how life is, whether you're doing your regular job or whether you're playing football. Nobody cared when uh, the, the 49ers were able to draft Nick Bosa because they were hurt. Nobody cares, right? So, so find a way with the guys that you have, and they have un they've, they've been able to do that a little bit, but – Sunday, I think, revealed a lot of things. Here's my reason and my issue. And it, it, it goes to Todd Downing, but it also goes to Mike Vrabel. I hold Mike Vrabel accountable, just like Mike Vrabel holds Mike Vrabel accountable. And that is the lack of adapting identity. That is your problem. When the injuries hit, you've got to figure it out. It's problem-solving 101. Everybody has problems. The Carolina Panthers, are they just picked up Cam Newton off the street. They got problems, right? Everybody, every NFL football team, the, the Indianapolis Colts had a ton of problems at the beginning of the year. Their quarterback were, was had two taped-up ankles, couldn't move. Now, but what did they do? They didn't bitch, moan, and complain. They figured it out. And now they are one of the hottest teams in the NFC or in the AFC. You have got to adapt your identity when things go awry. And the worst things have happened. AJ Brown has been in and out of the lineup, more mm -hmm. out, I feel like, than in. Julio Jones, really more out than in. And Derrick Henry is gone for this foreseeable future. When Derrick Henry went down, though, you need to have a come to Jesus meeting. That's what you need to have and say, this may work for a couple of weeks, 
but we've got the long haul and we got to get the buy for Derek's health for Derek's sake to win us a Super Bowl. They ain't winning a Super Bowl with the running back core that they have, right? But the lack of adaptation with their identity, once their identifier 22, the man that wears the crown left, they have not. And, and this is my problem, Austin. They don't seem to be figuring it out for the long haul. I think they took advantage of a Rams team and they played very good defensively. And they, I credit the Titans for winning that game, but it was a little bit of tomfoolery. The Saints, they played a backup quarterback without their best player in Alvin Kamara playing. And it took them down to a two point conversion to win that game. I credit the Titans to win the game, but it was a little bit of tomfoolery. And then all of a sudden, the makeup dripped off of their ugly face in the rain against the worst team in the AFC. And it really started to say, who do you identify with? Do you identify with Ryan Tannehill? Because if that is who you identify with, that's the problem. I mean, I, like that, I, he did not step up when he needed to, and they didn't have a plan to adapt. So. Yeah. I, that that is my answer to the question we asked. All right, so I, I've I've had something that I've been wanting to talk about on our show for almost the whole season. I mean, really, I've been holding on to this for about three months, and so I, I think today makes the most sense to to say it. So what I've been holding on to for like the last two and a half, three months. Here in a second, and then we'll ask you guys another question about Todd Downing. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next ride. You can look at the bottom of the screen for that Hyundai Palisade, full-size SUV, third-row seating, and all the bells and whistles your heart desires. This holiday season, I'm telling you, if you're looking for a new vehicle, they've got your perfect make and model at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Look at their inventory. You can get the Sonata like I drive. I love my Sonata. It dominates the streets, okay? Hyundai, fuel-efficient. Wilson County, that's where you need to go. That's wilsoncountyhyundai.com. All right, A to Z Sports. Also, don't forget, we are powered uh, every morning by BetMGM. They're the king of sports books. Uh, make sure that you go to BetMGM, download that app, use our code ATOZ Sports. You get a risk free bet up to $1,000 with your first deposit and your first bet. Again, what you do, App Store, download the app, BetMGM app. Sign up using our code ATOZ Sports. You have your first uh, deposit uh, there, and then your first bet is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older. Must be present in Tennessee for gambling problem support. Call Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. I'm calling a timeout, Austin. I I need to do this because I I can't bring up a bunch of problems without giving some solutions. I'll get you an opportunity to give a solution first, and then I have my solution, but I just called out their lack of adapting their identity. Austin, what should their identity be without Derrick Henry and without the players that they have? With the players that they have, in your opinion, let's let's solve some problems instead of just saying problems. What what do you think is their identity on offense without those players? Uh, I think what should it be? Uh, I think it sh- I think they should still be a balanced offense. They showed you now the Texans defense is bad, but the Titans offense showed you that they, yeah, I think they have a couple capable running backs that can make plays and they should use Ryan Tannehill's legs to benefit them. 
Ryan Tannehill was dropped back, stand still in the pocket, looked downfield, throwing to, you know, practice squad slash fringe level roster guys down the field. That's that's what they have available right now. And that's making Todd Downing's job harder, but make their guys' jobs easier. Tannehill is good on play action. The offensive line does a better job blocking for play action. And play action routes help out your lesser than wide receivers get open because you're using deception. So that's what their identity should be. They can still run the ball successfully and then use play action to counteract that or use play action to help their running game without Derrick Henry. That's what I think uh, the offense identity needs to be. I agree. I think that was my suggestion as well, is use Ryan Tannehill in space to make him usually, I'll, I'll set Sunday aside, usually he is a very adequate decision maker, right? He, he yeah. makes the right decision. <clears throat> Cut the field in half, roll him out. If he can run, he can run. If he needs to throw back across his body, which he does very well as, as guys are coming across the field, that I, I I agree with you. That needs to be their identity. And, and the unfortunate part is Brian Tannehill, this was the worst opportune time to have the worst game of your career when you are the leader, right? You're all they got. If yeah. you play bad, the team will lose. And that's what we saw on Sunday. So I'm glad we did that now. Now sorry to debunk that, derail that, but I do yeah. think that was important to move to move uh, forward. Yeah, I got. I have another side note that I'll get to later on that I'll find interesting that just happened on my Twitter timeline. But okay, so I've I've I prefaced that I've had this Titans opinion for about two and a half, three months, and I think today is the right day to do it. Todd Downing this year, his performance as first year offensive coordinator for the Titans, is showing us the problem with the Titans hiring a defensive-minded head coach in today's NFL. Now, hold on, hold on. Before you roll your eyes, <sighs> Mike Vrabel is still a, an NFL Coach of the Year candidate, okay? And I think, you know, without the Texans' loss Sunday, he would probably still be the betting favorite on BetMGM. I don't know what it is right now. But but my, this is not an anti-Mike Vrabel take, okay? I want, I want everybody to understand that. But the issue is, it's all about offense, and it's all about the rhythm for your quarterback. And so this is Mike Vrabel's fourth season as Titans head coach. It's his third offensive coordinator. He's had his previous two be successful enough to get head coaching jobs. LaFleur's promotion was based off of his resume prior and his uh, you know background, not necessarily what he did with the Titans. But now you're either going to have an offensive coordinator do a good enough job to get a head coaching look, or he's not going to be good enough and you have to find a new one. And so you're going to be in this no man's land of changing the play caller every other year. And while Mike Vrabel is a really damn good head coach, it's all about your offense and you're going to continue to have to hit the reset button way too often. And so again, this is not an anti Mike Vrabel comment. This is a situation in a reality with today's NFL. The reason why franchises are hiring offensive guys to be their head coaches is because they want to keep continuity with their offense and the language and the voice and the method and the philosophy the same for their quarterback and their offense because that's the most important thing today. Well, you hope that you get the head coach correct so you're okay with dealing with that problem. 
That's the sacrifice. The Chargers did that too with Brandon Staley. They sacrificed. Brandon Staley is a defensive-minded head coach. Justin Herbert is a young, talented offensive guy, right? Quarterback. You just hope that the you take what a head coach gives you, and if Mike Vrabel can give you more and he's the guy, that's the sacrifice. Now, here's so you the, have to be able oh, to be okay with that, though. You well, can't me, keep coming back and harping with it. And this is what I'll say, Austin. I believe the Titans and John Robinson and Amy Adams Strunk are okay with Mike Vrabel and what they he gives them to – understand that this is going to be an issue i mean you're not saying anything that is not true it is true but that's what it is you you take what mike vrabel gives you as a head coach and as a manager of a facility and know that that's going to be an issue for the rest of his coaching career all right, all right. you bring up brandon staley which you know on the surface sounds like you're right what position did brandon staley play in college quarterback Brandon Staley was a college quarterback and, but he, but that's a unique situation. And I think it's very fascinating to do deep dive on Brandon Staley. That's not what we're here to do. Talk about the Los Angeles chargers head coach, but he was a quarterback in college. He got his early coaching as a grad assistant on the offensive side. Then he wanted to learn defense better. And so that's where he went the defensive positional coach route and rose through the ranks, but he is a quarterback player uh, by trade. And so that is very interesting of the way he has gone about his career, but he does, he still helps the Justin Herbert young quarterback, but he is a, he is a both offensive and defensive co head coach because of his background as a player and his path as a coach. And so, you know, I knew this was going to happen. Uh, Rick Austin, he was upset that Vrabel yelled at you. No, again, how many times do I have to say, this is not about Mike Vrabel being the wrong guy as a head coach or being a bad head coach. He's deserving of being in the running for NFL coach of the year. I'm just pointing out that this is a situation where when you change your offensive coordinator so often, it's going to burn you because you can't, you can't keep hitting on offensive coordinators on the rate that Mike Vrabel did. LaFleur was good. Mike, uh, we, he was good enough. And then the quarterback issue was the problem Austin, with Mario. I'll, I'll flip the script on you. If you have an offensive-minded head coach and the offense is really good, what usually happens? The defense blows. And everybody gets upset. The defense sucks. I mean, look, at the, look at the Chiefs. Look at the Chiefs. They got an offensive-minded Andy Reid. He's lights out, guns a-blazing. Yeah, but what's the defense. one criticism about the Chiefs? But they their won with their defense comes on the, the defensive Cowboys. side they of the, the football. They the Cowboys in nine points. They sacked Dak Prescott like five times. That's one game. You didn't watch any of the other games. Come on. Be quiet. Uh, you can't Chiefs say that. The defense was terrible early in the year. They get, they've gotten a lot better. The, but that's you're always going to bitch and complain about one thing, right? Whether you have an offensive money head coach. This is about getting the guy right. The head coach correct. Because it's not just about scheme and all that it's about management it's about in-game assessment it's about when to throw challenge flags when not to like there's so many different things that a head coach does that I will never I, and I will say this I, I understand it's a problem but the Titans you can't complain about it because that's the bed they made, and they're okay with it I, I'm not I'm not I'm just bringing it up because but, I but you're always going to bring it up for the rest of, are you, is, and I feel like that's kind of unfair. For the rest of Mike Vrabel's head coaching career, you're always going to bring this up when the when the offense kind of goes flat. Yeah. 
Because and that's that, that's yes, that's, that's the yes. You're always gonna have it because that's the that's the game you decided to play. Is that you decided in 2018 that you would go with a defensive minded head coach when it was against the trend, which is fine. Like I'm not saying follow the trend. I'm not saying being a follower like that. I'm not saying doing that. But look, I, I like Mike Rabel as a head coach. He's obviously proven that he's really good at it. He's won a lot of games. He's won playoff games, and he's won a division, and he's got the best record in the AFC still. But again, like that's the situation that you create when you hire a defensive-minded head coach is that you have a potential for a rotating door at offensive coordinator. And over the last four years plus, offense is more important than defense. And, and when with, you can get a defensive coordinator to stay with you. You can hire a good defensive coordinator and have him be your DC for a long time because those guys are not getting hired as head coaches. Yeah, who at the rate that offensive coordinators are? Look at this. Look at the Super Bowl. The Bucks defense shut out a better Chiefs offense. Look at this. Look at their the head coach, Zach. And who's their defensive coordinator? Who's the what, Bucks who, defensive coordinator? Uh, uh, God, just. Former former Jets head coach. What's his name? Okay, yeah, right. A head coach. A former head coach who got fired because the offense wasn't working with the Jets and it was a disaster. Todd Bowles. So yes, Todd Bowles. If, yeah, I, so Todd Bowles can be your longtime defensive coordinator because you've got an offensive head coach that can help your offense sustain. Well, he, stayed, he has stayed there because... Nobody's uh, I mean, hiring defensive-minded head coaches at the rate that they're hiring offensive-minded. Not at the rate, but uh, but what I'm saying That's my is, point. but my but my this will always be the case. You're gonna have to swallow it. <laughs> like you, you're gonna have to understand that you're you're going to have this this offense. You just hope that in a year, Mike Vrabel has finally gotten his defense that is adequate. Right? Correct. We were upset yeah. because of a defensive-minded head coach had a really bad defense last year. Right. Right? Yeah. We were real upset about that. I remember. Yes. We were both there. Everybody was there. Why is this defense so bad? Now that he's fixed the defense to a degree, you have an offense that is not living up to expectation without, and this is where the injuries come in, without their star players. The three most important players besides Ryan Tannehill are not active. You know, so you, I think why everybody is so, and I'm going to say this because I, I think this is a statement that I will stand by right now today. Mm -hmm. I think Titans fans, and I think they are correct in thinking this, this is a flawed, a extremely flawed offense at a time that should be concerning, Right. It is extremely flawed. This is, I brought up Tom Foolery. I think this is window dressing. The Titans have confirmed they're not the best team in the AFC. Because they're all, because all their best players are hurt. Like, right. no, of course they're not. So can they be at the right time? Yeah, and then that's the plan. The reason why they put Julio Jones and Bud Dupree on IR was so those guys can take time off to get healthy to come back at the time that's most important. The reason why, I mean, hope everybody's hoping that Derrick Henry can come back at that January time uh, to help the Titans get to where they want to be. But they've got to have guys stay healthy and have the guys that are currently hurt get healthy. And I believe ifs and buts, beer and nuts. So I'll preface that. 
if Derrick Henry was still playing, I don't think that we would be upset as upset about the offense. He just he's because he's at Derek, such a big percentage of he is the identity. And when you rip that eraser. away, Derek he Henry, is the magic eraser. Right? Yes. He 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 erases all the blemishes. Yes. There's the, a reason why when Derrick Henry was leading the league in rushing and second in the league in rushing was Derrick Henry after contact. <laughs> like Derrick Henry takes a play that might gain four. For Adrian Peterson, Dontrell Hilliard, Dante Foreman, or or or, or uh, Jeremy McNichols, and turns it into eight. Sometimes he turns it into seventy six. Like, and so that's a he's a magic eraser for your issues. Is, uh, um, I, I think you you talked a little bit about this, but and the answer may be no. Can you blame anybody for all of these injuries? I don't know, man. I was talking to Dave Kimfort, who's the lead PT before uh, you got to bone and joint yesterday. And we were talking about it and you know, he, he can't answer the question because he doesn't know what the Titans are doing or not doing, but he played in the NFL with the Jags for a couple of years. And he was saying that they had issues with injuries in like 2000 or 2002 or something like that. And they changed their strength and conditioning offseason program and it, and it cut their injury rate down quite a bit, but we don't know what they're doing or what they aren't doing. We don't know if they're being too explosive for no reason. We don't know. Like what we do know is that Mike Vrabel is very cautious when it comes to managing injuries and load management of his players. But it seems like that's backfiring at this point. I'm giving the love of the show to Steven because I think Steven makes a lot of sense here. And I, I'm going to add on to the end of his comment. Steven says, the car is only as fast as the engine inside of it. And he's talking about Henry, right? You take out the engine or replace it with a subpar engine. It's not going to go as fast. I'll add to Steven's comment with the issue is you can't bow out of the race. You have to still keep racing, right? You can't, you can't pull uh, Mario to Stanley like yesterday. You can't wave the white flag. You can't say I'm not playing anymore. You, you don't have that. Like you've done a lot of good work. But you've got games. I mean, guys, it's November 23rd. The season goes to mid-January now. You, you have too many more games that you have to run in the race, regardless mm -hmm. of your engine. And so it's pit crew leader Todd Downing's job to put some oil and some more gas in it and make it run better. Yeah, and Leo says the offense was still a problem with Henry. Running him 500 times on a good thing. And he was literally on pace to have close to 500 touches this season. So Lee's not over-exaggerating that. But uh, Lee, and Lee, that Lee's comment is why my biggest issue for the Titans is Todd Downing. Because even with Derrick Henry playing, the offense still was predictable, not explosive as it was in the past. And it, it felt... It felt discombobulated. It felt like Ryan Tannehill wasn't completely comfortable. And maybe they were trying to get into a rhythm over the first few games, the new offensive coordinator play caller. And then the injuries have halted that rhythm gaining. But again, it's 11 games. They've scored 10 points on their opening drives in 11 games. And like Zach said, the, the only touchdown they got was against a bad Chiefs defense at the time. And so... Todd Downing's a problem. Um, I don't know how it gets fixed, if it gets fixed this season, or if it's just the personnel better get healthy in time for the Titans to be able to reach their goals. All right, before we move on to the running back situation, 
should we do what Billy and Aaron suggest? Should we just R-E-L-A-X about I, what's going on with this team? I, I think mean, it's a fair question. I think this, this show has been building steam for a couple of weeks. It's not the fact that we're overreacting to the one game against the Texans where Des Fitzpatrick ran the wrong route, Ryan Tannehill threw two interceptions to him, and then threw two other bad picks in the game, right? Like, we're not overreacting because of that. We're following the trends that the Titans have been able to overcome the last couple of weeks, the last month of the season, where their defense has led them to win a couple of games that, wow, very impressive, right? But the offense has been sputtering, and the offense was, you know, the offense moved the ball, but they threw, they turned the ball over four times, and Chester Rogers had a bad special teams turnover. Again, I hate all caps comments. I can't stand them. And I just showed one, but that was impactful because it was one word. But I do agree with Sawyer. It, I think it, we shouldn't relax because it's showing us what is to come. I think more of this is to come. Yeah, I, I agree. Especially and, against the Patriots. Like, and, what do they do they, after the bye week? I, I don't know. Well, but. I'll just say this. If they get stumped by the Patriots, it's going to be a long bye week. I think they're, man. I think it may be, uh, it may be like a scene in Pulp Fiction. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. All right, let's get on to this question here about Adrian Peterson. I said something in the post-game show on Sunday about Adrian Peterson, and I want to see if Zach and you guys agree with it. But real quick, let me talk about Mandu. Speaking of injuries, if you want to rehab your injury, Mandu is a great place to go. You can get stronger by targeting your muscles and not putting extra unneeded pressure on your banged-up or injured joints. Mandu.com. It's a 15-minute workout. It's called the Pulse of Fitness because it's a full-body workout for just 15 minutes of electronic muscle stimulation. So when you get hurt, you go like the Bone and Joint Institute for rehab and they put the little stem patches on you to work on that muscle group. It's like that all over your body. And so you're getting all that muscle stimulation uh, all over your body to build functional strength, muscle mass, and target hard-to-burn body fat. Achieve your fitness goals with Mandu.com. Your first workout's free. And if you tell them A to Z Sports sent you, they'll take 100 bucks off that first month when you sign up at Mandu.com. Bet MGM, download the app today, code ATOZ Sports. You get that promo code, and you're a brand new user. You get a risk free $1,000 bet up to $1,000. So uh, from $1 to 50 cents to 1000 I mean, that's how, how that works. Download the app today in your app store, whether it's Android or it's Apple. They got you covered. Had a lot of fun last night betting on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, getting a win against the New York football giants. Man, thank you for paying me out, BetMGM. They'll pay you out as well. All right, Zach. The question is, should the Titans move on from Adrian Peterson? Is it time for the Titans to move on from Adrian Peterson? So I said this in the postgame show, that there is no more purpose for Adrian Peterson in this offense. I think Deontay Foreman is a more explosive runner on regular handoff plays. I think Jeremy McNichols, when he's not in concussion protocol, is a more reliable pass catcher and a more reliable third down back when it comes to pass protection. And I think I like what I saw from Dontrell Hilliard. Dontrell Hilliard's got that extra gear of speed 
that none of the other guys have. And he, he showed that he's capable in both the running game and the passing game on Sunday against the Texans. So, and I know Adrian Peterson technically led the team in rushing with nine carries for 40 yards, but I, I do think they're forcing Adrian Peterson at times in short yarded situations that are getting them burnt. Um, Cause he doesn't have the quickness. I don't think his vision is there like it used to be and his, or his body doesn't react to the vision that he has and, and be able to find that hole in short yarded situation. I, I don't think there's any point to having Adrian Peterson on this roster moving forward because of what they found with Dontrell Hilliard. I think you're too early. I think okay. you're, uh, Hilliard, you, you want, you watch one game and you're all in on this guy. It gets a bad I was all defense. In. I'd say I was all in. No, by, by no means. I mean, you're one to cut in. a guy because of it. Yeah, but because right now I so I so think, if that's not all in, I don't know what it is. You wanting to cut another in. player? You wanted to cut another player at the same position because you've seen one game. It's because Zach, they have to make a decision. Dontrell Hilliard's been called up from the practice squad twice. They have to make a decision whether they want to keep him on the practice squad or activate him to the roster. Like they have to, and they're not going to have four running backs on the roster. One running back's going to have to go. And I, I Dontrell Hilliard is different than Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson and Deontay Foreman are very similar right now. They're the same style running back, and I don't think they need two of them. That's redundancy in your running back room. I think the three running backs you go with, as long as McNichols comes out of concussion protocol, which hopefully happens this week, I think your three running backs are Foreman, McNichols, and Hilliard. Hilliard also good. helps you on – hey, how about this for Hilliard? Hilliard also helps you on kick return because your kick returner, Marcus Johnson, just popped his hamstring on Sunday. And Hilliard had some pretty good plays on kick return after Johnson went out. I don't know if you want to put Chester Rogers back there. No, you can't afford to right now because he's you only got three wide receivers. And Charles, no words truer that Darrington Evans is a major bust. There's a major yeah. key that he is a major bust. I don't, they, I don't think they will cut Adrian Peterson. I think you're too early on this. Uh, he's he's somewhat cheap for the veteran uh, presence that he brings, and he is coming off of his best game, right? Yeah. So well, you're not going to. He had he had uh, on the second drive of the game, he had a 16 yard run, a four yard run, a 12 yard run. And then after that, he didn't really do much. Well, because I don't think he fit the comeback game plan, right? Like, he's not in there uh, catching balls out of the backfield like Hilliard was, right? I mean, they needed guys. They needed Ryan Tannehill to have a check down option. And Adrian Peterson, that is not his bag. That's not his role in this offense. That's not his role in any of offense at the age that he is. He is there to run the football on first and second down early on in the game or late in the game when they need to run clock. So that don't try to put Adrian Peterson in a place that he wouldn't be put. Sure. Sure. But I, I, I think Foreman and Peterson are redundancy at running back and Foreman looks to be the more explosive player because Adrian Peterson is 36 years old. Oh yeah. I mean, Foreman is more explosive. Uh, so why do you, why do you need both of them? Uh, if McNichols comes back, the whole thing is McNichols coming back. Why do you need both those guys?
Foreman also gives you way more in the screen game too. Like Foreman's had three catches for like 65 yards the last Well, they games. all give you unique ability, right? Like Derrick Henry gives you everything. And the only thing that the best thing Adrian Peterson gives you is his name recognition. That's it. That's no, it. Uh, that, no, take you, his, you take Peterson, take Peterson off his, off his name plate on the back of his Jersey. And he's not very good. I don't think he's cuttable right now. I, I do. I, I, I'm not sitting here supporting saying he's the best running back in the league. Okay. So I think because just, of, because of situations of your special teams and your other running backs on the roster, there is no point to have Adrian Peterson take up one of your 46 game day spots when you need Dontrell Hilliard, McNichols, and Foreman to round out the position group and to also help you on special teams. There's no point for Adrian Peterson. There's, there is, the role is not big enough for him to be active on game day. So there's no point to have him on the roster when McNichols comes back. I don't think they will cut him. I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't think they will this fast, but they should. I don't think they will. I just said that, but should they? You don't think they should? I don't want to I don't want to give you a prediction. I want your opinion on Adrian Peterson's value to this team right now. Not yet. No, I, I don't think they should yet. I think they should let him play against New England. And then if they need to reassess during the bye week, they can. But not 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 today. Or yeah, I guess it would be today. He also fumbled a toss that lost two yards. The, well, yeah, that wasn't a great look. I, and, again, and I'm not. It set up it set up third and twelve, which they gained ten yards on, and went false start on fourth and two, and had to punt. It's I just mean, too soon. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I think this is enough. You've seen enough of it. He just doesn't have it, man. The Texans were the were the thirty first. What did you rush- expect him to give you? He, he's kind of given you exactly what you expected. You had you had bad or false expectations if you thought he was going to give you a bunch. I I'm not basing my opinion today on expectations. Like I, that's nothing to do with it. I'm, I'm I'm basing my opinion on what I've seen from for three weeks for Adrian Peterson and what I've seen from Foreman, what I know about McNichols, and what I saw about Hilliard in the situation. I'm I not think basing they also my value his experience because everybody else on the offense doesn't have any. Right? You got a bunch of young guys and Tony. All says your wide receiver brings it. Yeah, to, that's what Tony's brings up is his is experience. I agree with Tony. But what is his experience doing? Well, you don't have any. <laughs> you you like you need when the going gets tough and things break down, you need a guy who can can uh level yourself, right? Level if, the offense. That's if where his I name think was anything helps. other than Adrian Peterson, you would think he should be cut. You would think there's no point to have this guy. Well, they're in a bad spot. I mean, they're he's their, that position's their, in a bad spot. Yes, it is. And he is the worst of the four. Uh, they won't cut him this early. That's my. Prediction. I don't. I I don't expect them to either. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't. Like you keep you keep telling me your prediction and what the Titans will or won't. Well, do. I also told you what I thought too. You th- and I you think it's both. too quick. And that and that's I just disagree. I think there's plenty of of data to look at this. Plenty of it. But you I mean Nichols has been here for three years. Foreman's been here for. You know, two weeks. No, no, because he was there from a lot of last year too. You do you believe? Remember that? He's remember? still twenty-five. I mean, you're bringing in Adrian Peterson for what he is. He's an experienced, aged running back that can get you some 
can get you four or five yards at times, and you're going running back by committee. He's good. I've told you this, what his role is. And he he's kind of, he's serving his role. He's not dominating his role, but he's serving his role. Early on in downs, early on in the game. Run clock when you have the lead late in game. They've used him in that, that format for the last two weeks. They had the lead against New Orleans. They were coming from behind against Houston. And I mean, Deontay watch the game. Foreman's, They're using Deontay, him why they signed him. And Deontay Foreman is better at those roles than Adrian Peterson is right now. I like Foreman. You know that. Foreman's my favorite out of all of them. Right. I picked his so ass there's up no my point for Adrian team. Peterson. So cut Adrian Peterson and move I, I, and go sign somebody else. They're not going to cut both. So I, they're going to keep them. I think Hilliard is going to take a back seat if McNichols is ready. Zach, who's going to return kickoffs? Hilliard. They 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 trusted Hilliard mid-game when Marcus Johnson went down. They had to have somebody, and they didn't put Chester well, Rogers out there. To replace their wide receiver situation. Right, yet. so cut Adrian Peterson to they go sign a wide receiver. Yet. You're too I, early. I, it's Tuesday. I, that's my point. Adrian Peterson is expendable. And if you want to go, nobody else is going to sign Adrian. to pick up to replace your holes? Huh? What are you going to do to replace the injured players on, at wide receiver? Cut Adrian Peterson. That's a roster spot, and go find somebody that can do it. You have a roster spot in AJ Brown, possibly, and Marcus Johnson. Maybe. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen, with Marcus Johnson, but he could go on IR for this. Right. Well, so you don't want to cut two. On, you don't want to put two hold holes. Hold on. Here's the thing about Marcus Johnson. If Marcus Johnson goes on IR, he's done for the year. Oh, he's God, already been Robert. On. Robert. No, Robert. Yeah, I knew that was going to come. But um, again, on Marcus Johnson, he started the year on IR. If he goes on IR again, he's done for the year. So we don't know what we don't know what the severity is. And Bobby uh, you, says Zach you, is making. I agree, Bobby. Zach is making a case for cutting Adrian Peterson for a roster spot. <laughs> why? No, I'm not, Bobby. You're not listening. I'm saying you're trying to create more roster spots when they need to fill them. That's what I'm what? telling you. But unless, uh, never mind. You're creating more roster spots. I'm not trying I, to do I'm that. I'm trying to cut the fat and end and cut redundancy Who, at positions. You're not bringing any solutions to the table. Who are you going to replace at, at these positions that you need replacing? Right? What? With, with Marcus Johnson under, out, who are you going to pull? Come in. They've got a couple wide receivers on the on on the practice squad that they can elevate. What are you talking about? I'm saying that your roster Zach, spot... I'm not a scout. I don't know who's available for the Titans. I don't know who they're going to work out. But I do know this. Adrian Peterson's role is expendable, and it's irrelevant at this time based off of Foreman, McNichols, and Hilliard. I Boom. don't think they will cut him or should cut him this week. Okay. All right, let's get the trivia. <laughs> that conversation went a lot longer than I thought it was going to. But we need to get the trivia. We are on a heater for sports trivia. So Tuesday sports trivia. I will get our percentage uh, uh, here in a second of what we've been able to do. But real quick, let me tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute. Boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you need someone to trust, whenever you get hurt, trust the Bone and Joint Institute. We were there yesterday. They've got over a dozen physicians there at their Franklin location who can help you out with any type of joint injury that you have. Injuries happen in life. It sucks, but you got to know who you can trust to get back to health and your recovery in a streamlined process. Boneandjointtn.org. It is eSports. Don't forget, bet MGM. Download the app today. Plus, 
this upcoming weekend, it's an away game at New England. We're going to be live from Mill Creek Tap Room right there, away games. It's going to be, man, you can go there, grab some beer, grab some burgers, and pray for the Titans to beat the surging Patriots. Uh, it's going to be a good game, and we're going to be broadcasting live for our pregame, halftime, and postgame show at Mill Creek Brewery. It's Tuesday Sports Trivia, where we have 10 questions. There's no Googling. You can't phone a friend or text a friend. You can use somebody who's right next to you in person. Uh, so we, we have 10 questions coming up. Zach, we've been on a heater, as I mentioned. Uh, we did a great week last week with Luke and I, and we are currently through eight weeks. We got two weeks left before our reset. Through eight weeks, we're at 78%. So we're trending in a great spot, Zach. I mean, it's been, we've been on fire. We started off by a bunch of seven and threes. We've gone eight and twos, nine and ones, and 10 and O's over the last four weeks. Uh, so let's get this thing rocking with our 10 questions today. All right, we're doing NFL quarterbacks, quarterback challenge. Uh, there's some easy ones, but there's also some difficult ones. Uh, first question, who is the first quarterback to start in four Super Bowls? John Elway, Roger Stallback, Joe Montana, or Tom Brady? Interesting, just to start in four Super Bowls, not to win them all. So, John Elway, Roger Stallback, Joe Montana, or Tom Brady. All of them, I think, it's gotta be Stallback. It has to be. Because Terry Did Bradshaw Stallback play in four. What well, because Terry well, because Terry Bradshaw is not one of the answers, and he won four with the Steelers in the 70s. Correct. Right. So it's gotta be, it has to be Roger Stallback. Did he play in four? That, Zach, that listen to what I'm saying. T Terry Bradshaw did it in the late 70s and early 80s. And everybody else after that is after Terry Bradshaw. So it has to be Staubach. Has to if, be. if Staubach didn't play, start in four of them, I'm asking that. If he only played in three Super Bowls, he couldn't start in four. That's what I'm saying. But read the question again. It says, who was the first quarterback to start in four Super Bowls? It has to be Roger Staubach. Because I'm the asking, did he play in four of them? Yes. If he didn't I, play in four of them, it can't be him. That's all I'm right, saying. I know that. But the but Terry Bradshaw is before the other Do you know, your point doesn't matter to yes, my question. Does. Yes, it does. If he didn't start in four, if he only played in three Super Bowls, what, what does Terry Bradshaw have to do with that? I'm asking. That's why I'm saying. Your, what you're stating because doesn't matter to Because the answer would be Terry Bradshaw. If Staubach did not play in four, the answer would be Terry Bradshaw, not John Elway or Tom Brady or Joe Montana. How how do you how are you misunderstanding this? I'm I'm asking a question. That's all I'm doing, and that is, do you know for a fact Roger Staubach played in four Super Bowls? That's I all I'm asking. I don't. But thank you, Bobby. We already knew Bradshaw did, and Staubach is the only one who played before Bradshaw. Thank you, Bobby. The answer is Roger Staubach, final A to Z. <laughs> you missed the point. Uh, who went to the same college as NFL Hall of Famer Gail Sayers, but did not? During the same years. So Gail Sayers went to Kansas. Lynn Kansas Dawson, Scott. Sid Luckman, Ken Stabler, or John H-A-D-L. How would you? Had? H-A-D-L. H-A-D-L. Haddle. Haddle? John Haddle, we'll say. 
Ken Stabler, Sid Luckman, or Lynn Dawson? It's not, it's not uh, uh, Stabler. So who went to Kansas out of those guys? Ronnie says Haddle. Ronnie is usually pretty spot on with some of these. So I, I just know it's not Stabler. Dom says Luckman. Read read the guys again, not Stabler. Who went to the same college as NFL Hall of Famer Gail Sayers, but not during the same years? John Hoddle, Ken Stabler, Sid Luckman, or Lynn Dawson? Uh, Nick says, I hate KU, but it's Hattle. So I think that means that it, well, let's go with Hattle. Lock it in. Final A to Z. Next question. Which quarterback played and coached for the Chicago Cardinals? Charlie Connerly, Patty Driscoll, Bob Waterfield, or Y.A. Tittle? Y.A. Tittle is the only um, one that I recognize. Say it one more time. Which quarterback played and coached for the Chicago Cardinals? Charlie Connerly, Patty Driscoll, Bob Waterfield, or Y.A. Tittle? Let's go with uh, Driscoll. I mean, based on what? I don't know. So I just, I'm guessing because we have to guess. <laughs> I, well, what's I don't the think chat it, saying? The chat has no idea. The chat says, good Lord, what kind of question is that? It's a trivia question. <laughs> I, I know that. Like that, The chat has zero answers. So that's why I just guessed with Driscoll. Do you have any educated guesses? I mean, why Tittle's the only one that I recognize. Right, so I don't think it's going to be him. Yeah, I just, we had, let's just, we're not going to know, so. Patty Driscoll? Yeah, that's what I'm going to say, yeah. You want to lock it in? Final A to Z. All right. Assad says he's looking over to his neighbor's Scantron on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Which quarterback completed a record 663 passes to the same receiver in his NFL career? Troy Aikman, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, or Jim Kelly? <clears throat> Which quarterback completed a record 300 or 663 passes to the same receiver in his NFL career? Troy Aikman, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, Jim Kelly. I mean, you got... It's got to be Peyton Manning. It's got to be Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison. He played the longest out of these. Yeah, I think it's got to be Manning to Harrison. Because I don't think volume wasn't there for Aikman and Irvin. Because Irvin got hurt. Montana and Rice did not have the longevity because Steve Young came in. It's got to be Peyton. And and Jim Kelly threw to he Andre Risen. I mean, he wasn't there long enough either. It's got to be Peyton and Harrison. Got you to lock it in. Final way to Z. Which of these quarterbacks gained the most rushing yards in their NFL career? John Elway, Steve Young, Cordell Stewart, or Randall Cunningham? Yeah. All four really good runners. I think I want to say it's Randall. 
I, I, th- I was going to go Randall Cunningham. That makes the most Andre sense. Andre Reed, not rising. Thanks, guys. Steve Young did not start a lot of games. He has a shorter career. Randall Cunningham played for a long time for the Eagles and for the Vikings. A long time. Cordell Stewart did not play long enough, I don't think. John Elway did, but he John stopped Elway running. John Elway did. Yes, so it's. I think it's either John Elway or or Cunningham. I think it's Randall Cunningham. That that's what my gut was. Let's go with Cunningham. Lock it in. Kyle says Cunningham. Lock it in. Billy says Cunningham, and a bunch of other others say Cunningham. You want to lock it in? Final eight is it? Which of these quarterbacks threw a ninety-eight yard non-scoring pass? Kurt Warner, Jim Hart, Warren Moon, or Bart Starr? Oh, man, that's tough. Which of these quarterbacks threw a 98-yard non-scoring pass? Scott says Hart. Kurt Warner, Jim Hart, Warren Moon, or Bart Starr? We're getting... um, We're getting... Dom says Kurt Warner. I think I remember it, he says. John says Kurt Warner. Pauly says guessing Kurt Warner. Um... I mean, I have no idea. We're getting more Warners. You want to lock it in? Yeah, uh, sure. Kurt Warner finally is he? It's splitting hairs at this point. Nobody knows. Which NFL quarterback spent 14 years with the same team and the same head coach? Dan Marino, Jim Kelly, Joe Theismann, or Terry Bradshaw? One more time. Which NFL quarterback spent 14 years with the same team and same head coach? Dan Marino, Jim Kelly, Joe Theismann, or Terry Bradshaw? It's got to be Bradshaw or Kelly. Or Dan Marino. Shula was there forever, man. One more time. 14 years, same team, same head coach. Dan Marino, and, Jim Kelly, Joe Theismann, or Terry Bradshaw? Actually, is Terry Brad? I, mean, I don't know if Terry Bradshaw played 14 years because the Dolphins and Steelers don't get rid of head coaches. I think did did Bradshaw play for 14 years? Well, he won a Super Bowl in 1979 and 1980. I, I think it's Marino. Chuck Knoll was Bradshaw's coach, but I don't know if Bradshaw played 14 years. And Jim Kelly, the, the Bills changed coaches. Yeah, I, I'm with Bobby. 14 years seems too long for Terry Bradshaw. I think it's got to be Dan Marino with Don Shula for 14 years because then Jimmy Johnson was the head coach of the Dolphins at the end. But Shula was there for a long time. When did Dan Marino come, uh, was drafted? It was the 83 draft. 83. So there's seven to get him to 90. And then when was Jimmy Johnson, when did Jimmy Johnson get fired from 
Because Jimmy Johnson went from the U to the Cowboys. Jimmy Johnson left after his second Super Bowl, which was 93. And then where did he go after that? I think he took a year off. He came back. 95? I think it's Dan Marino. I don't think that's right, but you want to lock it in? You want to lock it in? Uh, all right. Ronnie says it's Bradshaw, guys. Trust me on that. I yeah, trust yeah, yeah. Ronnie. I, I, trust I, Ronnie. I think Brad Bradshaw makes more sense than Marino. Okay. Um, Let's go Bradshaw. Final A to Z. Which quarterback was a first-round pick in the same draft Joe Montana was a third-round pick? You cut out for a second. Say it again. Which quarterback was a first-round pick in the same draft Joe Montana was a third-round pick? Dan Marino, Phil Simms, Warren Moon, or Boomer Esiason? We need, we need somebody uh, of age to help us. I don't think it's Warren Moon because he played in the CFL. I think I was thinking it's either I think it's Boomer. Was Phil Sims a first round pick? Yes. Scott says Sims. Man, I trust Scott and Ronnie a lot in these questions. Sims was a first-round pick. I think Sims is older than Boomer. Montana is older than Boomer, right? Let's go with Phil Sims. Finally, to Z, Phil Sims. Which of the following quarterbacks had a son, also a quarterback, who played for a team in which his father played for, too? Joe Namath, Phil Sims, Daryl LaMonica, or Bob Greasy? It's got to be Bob and Brian Greasy. Bob and Brian Greasy. That's, yeah. That is correct, because Brian be. played for Miami. Yeah. Bob Final and Z, I'm locking that one in. Yeah, that, good. Which quarterback threw for at least one touchdown pass in an NFL record 15 consecutive playoff games? Ooh, oh, playoff games. I thought it was going to be season, because I had Vinny Testaverde ready to go. <laughs> Brett Favre, Johnny Unitas. Steve McNair or Frank Tarkenton or Fran Tarkenton, excuse me. Uh, 15 consecutive playoff games with one or more touchdown passes. McNair didn't play in 15. <laughs> no. Unitas definitely probably did. Fran Tarkenton, Unitas or Favre. Favre. I'm going to say Favre because he played in a lot of playoff games. And I don't think when Tarkenton and Johnny U were playing, they had as many playoff games. I think that's fair. So I say Favre. You want to lock it in? Yeah, I think the comments say Favre too. So finally to Z, Brett Favre. All right, we submit our answers. Who's the first quarterback to start in four Super Bowls? We said Roger Stallback. 
he did play in four Super Bowls. And the correct answer is Roger Stallback. Who went to the same college as NFL Hall of Famer Gail Sayers, but not during the same years? We said John Hadel. Hadel, yes. John Hadel actually went to Kansas. Got a ton of people going to Kansas back in the day. And that is the correct answer. Ding, tuna. Which quarterback played and coached for the Chicago Cardinals? We said Patty Driscoll. <laughs> Patty Driscoll was a player and coach for the Chicago Cardinals. Hey, ding, For 1920 to 25. Super <clears throat> lucky, super lucky. Which quarterback completed a record 663 passes to the same wide receiver in an NFL career? We said Peyton Manning. Who was who was that quarterback that you messed up, Andre? Oh, well, I said Andre Reed, and it was Andre Risen. So was it Jim Kelly? Jim the Machine Gun oh. Kelly, Andre Reed. Reed. <clears throat> wow! Dang it, three and one. Which of these quarterbacks gains the most rushing yards in their career? We said Randall Cunningham. The correct answer, Randall Cunningham. All right, ding, four and one. Which of these quarterbacks threw a 98-yard non-scoring pass? We said Kurt Warner. Mm -hmm. The St. Louis Cardinals, Jim Hart, Uh, actually threw a 98-yard pass. Four and two. Scored. Uh, NFL quarterback spent 14 years with the same team, same head coach. You were thinking it was Dan Marino. We officially said Terry Bradshaw. Black and yellow, black and yellow. Terry Bradshaw, four Super Bowls in the 1970s, 14 years. Five and two, three questions left. Which quarterback was a first-round pick in the same draft as Joe Montana, who was a third-round pick? We said Phil Sims. Phil Sims. Boom, six and two. Which of the fallen quarterbacks had a son? Also played quarterback for a team that his father played for, too. We said Bob Greasy. The son, Brian Greasy, both played for the Miami Dolphins. All right. Seven and two. If we get this one, we get closer to 80% and set us up for a big winning weekend next week. Which quarterback threw for at least one touchdown pass in an NFL record 15 consecutive playoff games? We said Brett Favre. The correct answer is Brett Favre. Ooh, eight and two. Boom. How about that? And I agree with Derek. These were hard questions. They were very hard questions. They're very, very tough questions. So uh, we basically, we were 78.3% going into the week. We are now 78.8%. So we gained a half a percentage. That's a big jump. Look, and we've only got one week left. So all we got to do next week to get 75%, Zach, is get four questions right. (laughs) We're setting ourselves up to actually win this thing. It's like the Titans. You got to do your hard work early. Now we just, we can't do our hard work late, actually. We're, we're, we're on, we're still on a heater. We're still in here. We've had now five uh, five straight weeks of eight and two or better. That's 
That's how you get it done. All right, guys. Long show. Great show. Thanks for t- participating. Eight and two on a, t- on a hard trivia day is gangster. I agree with Danny right there. All right. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Tuesday. Don't forget the podcast network with new content out nearly every day on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. Buck Rising live tonight at A to Z Sports Primetime at 8. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning on a Wednesday where we throw shade. Zach already teased his shade for tomorrow. So we'll see you then. Have a good Tuesday. Appreciate it. Adios.